Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. Before I start the podcast today, I just wanted to take a minute and apologize for not having a podcast last week. After the events that took place in Las Vegas, I found myself emotionally exhausted and couldn't stop thinking about what had happened. It is just horrifying to think what those poor people went through, how many innocent people lost their lives while just trying to have a good time, and how certain human beings can do such horrific things. After a few days, however, my thoughts shifted from the horrible tragedy of the situation to focusing on the amazing actions of the first responders and other people at the event. This is the true human spirit that I believe in those willing to help their fellow man and do what is right. As I prepare to go to Las Vegas today, I know it's going to be a different place and part of me will have a heavy heart. But I also know that we can't let these terrible people who try and shake up our lives win and that the people in the city of Las Vegas need our support more than ever. To the families affected by this horrible tragedy, there are no words to make sense of this, but know you have the whole world with you in support. Okay, on a lighter note, today my guest is a guy who reminds us all that each of us has a light inside us and how important it is to let that light shine. As an actor, Brandon Black has been fighting the good fight since as long as he can remember. He allows himself to shine even though the world sometimes wants to dim him. He knows now that it's what made him evolve and succeed. And right now he is shining that light and spreading it all around him. And I'm so glad to have him here. Brandon, thank you for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So <laughs> now you're a California boy, right? I am. San Diego, born and raised. You know, I always find it interesting when I'm meeting people from San Diego who live in L.A. because don't you guys like hate each other just on principle? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, San Diego, uh, the idea of L.A. is that it's just dark and scary and full of traffic and all the things that are true about L.A. True, yes, um, but there's also amazing things about L.A. that we love. Exactly, and so I've kind of crossed over to now where when I go to San Diego, I... I'm happy for a second, and then I'm like, oh, I got to get back to L.A. You I, know? Well, San Diego is a really, it's a fabulous city. And I mean, if I if I didn't work in the entertainment industry, I would be living there because it's incredible. But right. it's very different. You know, you cross over that San Diego County line, and it's just slow. It's like it slows down. Everybody's calm. And, yep. and it, it's a great place. But, you know, you can't do what you do up here, you know, down in San Diego. Exactly. You I tried. Up here. <laughs> you tried. So, all right. So tell me, before we get into your acting and what you're doing now. Tell me about who you are, where you're from, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So from San Diego, as we, uh, we discussed and, um, I moved to LA when I was 18. I, I knew I wanted to be an actor and I had representation in San Diego, but it just wasn't, I mean, it's the only thing shooting there was Veronica Mars. And if you remember that, Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's about it. Uh, but I'm an only child, and uh, it was hard for my family to to let me go. Yeah. Um, to yeah, the big city. To the, the big, big scary dark, scary city. city. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, but I, I gamed it pretty smart. I, I started working at this bank and uh, like negotiated like a raise increase and like had all these plans for how I was going to survive in LA. And then I got here and realized that you can't work at a bank and be an actor. And right. so then I fell into my shitty, my string of shitty jobs that I had to have to survive. So you knew you were going to be an actor from day one. Like you were, you came here and this is why you were coming. You were going to be an actor. Yeah. I knew that when I got here, but of course I still was detoured by, um, detoured by, uh, relationships, money, um, not knowing anyone in the business. Like I yeah. literally, this was a startup Brandon Black Entertainment was like a startup from from nothing. I had no leg up here at all. Right. It was intense. Yeah. Which is overwhelming in a city so big and so chaotic and so filled with people that want to help. And then later you find out that they're not really there helping. They're there to kind of take advantage of the people that don't know better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, f funny acting classes that have an agency attached to them. Right. Showcases where you go and you pay money mm -hmm. and they look at you and you walk out and they mm -hmm. draw out your headshots. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've, again, so in San Diego, I was paying for those things too. Well, my parents were, thankfully. Right. Uh, were paying for that stuff too. Uh, so I was 
pretty burned out on like bullshit like that by the time I got here. Uh, but then I fell into other types of bullshit here that were still not uh, pushing me forward. But I had to learn all those things in order to weed through and figure out what I actually needed to do. And it took a long time. That's why people here sometimes will ask me, you know, like in meetings, representation meetings, they'll ask me, so how long have you been in L.A.? And what they want to hear is I just got here and, you know, you know, I'm a fresh face. Right. And it's like, no, man, like it's expensive to live here. And, you know, I'm a human. So there's other things besides acting that have to happen for me to work. Right. You know, and so when I say I've been here for 10 years, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear that. You right. Know? Well, and it's a funny thing because we talk about with all the actors that I've been on people look at you when you get on a show and they think, oh, I just heard about you, so you must be an overnight success. But that's just not how it happens. It takes Over many nights. takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, it's not just the acting world. In any career, when people usually get to the the, the point they want to be at, it's not overnight. It, right. it takes a lot of work. It's so expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. And it's the place that you need to go to pursue this, this pinnacle of <laughs> dreamhood where you get to become an actor. But... The reality of being an ap- an actor is you don't get paid right. for years, right. and it's so it you have to spin so many wheels just to keep yourself going, and that can be really exhausting. Oh yeah, and plus LA is just a lonely place in that you get here, and uh, it's this beautiful place, and there's it's so spread out that there's so many things you can do, and you can feel like you know there's endless things to do here, but those same things that are good about it also make you feel very lonely here if you don't know anyone right because it's so big and you make a friend but they live in pasadena you live in santa monica <laughs> you don't so go there you're not friends anymore <laughs> no i mean <laughs> even if you have friends i have a friend over the west side you know the 405 splits what we call like the west side over with the rest of the 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 city mm-hmm. and they want me to come over and i'm like oh geez i don't know i just can i go over to the west side today right it's it's hard it's, it's just hard a trip. it's a it is it's, it's a, a trip trip um, and plus people, because of the way the city goes and because of the, the costs and, and finding jobs, people don't stay, they yeah. leave. So you get in this cycle of meeting people that you really click with and then everybody starts filtering out. Right. So then oh, you almost yeah. pull back and be like, well, I don't even want to bother making I don't friends. even want to invest. Exactly. Right. Because they just leave. And that's really hard. Yeah. And you know, for me, I'm, I've always been a guy that has a ton of people around me mm-hmm. and you know, a huge group of friends here. I don't, I have mm-hmm. a couple core people and that's it because it's just too hard and and right. and it's hard to to have the people in and out of your life constantly so it, it can be you're right it can be a very lonely place yeah and also just there's different reasons why people are friends here versus maybe where you came from where you're friends because you like each other right you know here uh and i'm not complaining about la at all because i also love la oh me too but and everyone knows i i'm a huge la fan yeah but it just you know it's just the takes, reality it's the reality it takes you know two to three years to feel settled here yeah. and feel like you have real friends with roots here you know yeah but it also shows that the level of dedication people have for what they want to do yeah because they stay yeah and Again, L.A. is a fabulous city. I love it. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But if I wasn't doing this, mm-hmm. it would be my favorite place to come on vacation. Yeah. Because it is a hard city to live in. Yeah. But, you know, I love because I do what I do. I love every day of it here because it's exciting and you can there's endless opportunity. But, yeah. When I'm not here, like when I'm in San Diego, it's nice to unplug for a second. But then I. No one there does what I do, and right. then I, I run out of things to talk about. And another weird thing that's been happening is because people see things on TV, um, they want to know about it. And so it's cool to talk about it, but then you end up only talking about yourself. Right. Because, you know, then you, I, I have to make the effort to be like, what about you? What, do you right. what What's going on with you? Because yeah. they'll just be like, oh, what was, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah, just they want to know, about know the show. which is awesome and is exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually get the opposite where when I go home a lot, they people aren't interested or they don't really ask mm-hmm. because it's so hard for them to understand the world that I live in mm-hmm. that sometimes I think that it's just makes them a little, maybe a little uncomfortable. Sure. So we don't really talk about that stuff. Like I'll talk about my book and, and stuff like that, but not really, I won't go into a lot of detail because it's just so hard 
from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, I, it's like so hard to understand the LA world where, you know, you do interact with famous people on a daily basis and it really isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You get just so used to it. And yeah, I mean, of course you see some people and you're like, oh my God, it's so-and-so and it's yeah. great. But you know, in reality, you're going to work with these people and you meet these people and you can't fanboy out over them because you might have to like actually have a perform a job with them. And yeah. you have to be, you know, like you would be in any other circumstance and any other job. So, so sometimes it's hard for people to relate that it's, it is still like a job and it's like a life here and you're working. It's not, I'm not on vacation. Yeah. People constantly say, oh, it must be nice. must be nice. Yeah. Well, it would be if I was laying on a beach under a palm tree. Right. But that doesn't happen. You know, you're hustling 90, you know, 90% of the time. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm getting parking tickets. Right. (laughs) First thing he said today when he walked in, he's like, I got a parking ticket this morning in front of your own house. In front of my own house. And all of my tickets are usually from in front of my own house. That is too funny. Street parking, man. Because that's the thing. You don't get a garage. See, in San Diego, you get a driveway or right. you get a garage. Right. You don't have that here. Don't have um, that. I would like to tell everybody that my one of my biggest accomplishments is I've been here for seven years and I've never gotten a parking ticket. And I'm knocking on wood right now. But <laughs> it is one of the things I love to tell people. Seven years, no parking ticket. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yeah. My jaw dropped when he told me that today. So. But, okay. So this podcast has taken a very bad bad turn for uh, for LA bashing which by all means we love we you, LA. don't mean because everyone who knows me knows I'm kind of obsessed with LA and right. I feel it's my responsibility when people come to show them just how amazing this city is because it really is I'm a good tour guide too and, and and this is but this is the thing you know we touched on the reality of living in LA which it means it's it's hard just mm-hmm. like any other big city New York City it's hard to live in New York right but you do it because you love it and you do it for a reason mm-hmm. and people come to LA for a reason you don't come to LA to be you come to LA to do right and you're a doer I'm a doer so yeah. so you get to LA you're 18 years 18. old you're trying to figure out what the hell you're doing and when did stuff start clicking for you when did you start feeling like okay I made the right choice so I uh, I quit that bank job and as I told you I got my f- first of many uh bad jobs right oh by um, the way i was a banker too were I, you yes and when i first came to la i was i i was getting a job at a bank also. yeah i was like i've got my 401k yeah set and up. i actually loved working at a bank i had so much fun being a teller i always say you know when i'm older and i've done the stuff i want to do i would love to be a teller <laughs> just for fun it's like playing monopoly every day and talking to people i loved it but you can't um, live in LA on a teller's salary, or you cannot, or no. any in most bank position salary. And it's I wanted to do a little bit, you know, more of my life. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny that we're both makers. So yeah. anyway, after banking, you got after a banking, series of crappy jobs. A series of crappy jobs delivering groceries uh, to people, to, you know, to like alcoholics' houses oh, and God. shut-ins, and you know, like really exposed me to the. It made me grow up and see how. Uh, other people live how other people other live and existence. also like this is this is just you know these some of these people are uh ex you know people in entertainment and they just like lost themselves um and that was interesting to see i guess when i knew that i was making the right choice because that stuff did scare me like what if i become that right. um but when i knew i was making the right choice was when i started to um well i was in a relationship and i i, I ended that relationship and it was actually over this time. And the reason why it was actually over was because I said, I'm going to commit myself how I was to this relationship that was not working to acting because that's not working either. So if I'm going right. <laughs> to if neither one of these are working, I'm going to at least go for one who um, is is uh, not treating me this badly. Right. Acting's done some stuff to me, but at least right. at least, you know, it's different. It's a different abusive relationship, uh, <laughs> one that I'm still I'm still digging right now. Uh, and so when I made that choice, I swear to you, like maybe a week after that relationship was over, I got with a good agent for the first time, com- a good commercial agent for the first time. Right. And then things just started changing, and that was a, that was when I finally made the correlation between cutting people off for the better of my. For the bettering of myself. Yeah. Knowing when sometimes you need to say enough is enough with people that have 
that sucked the energy and the life out of you. And I, and learning to identify those people. Right. Cause I'm naturally kind of a codependent kind of person where yeah. like, I, you know, I want everybody to feel good. Only child, only child, right? man. Yeah. This is a common thing with only people that are only child. They, they look for, they look for that community and that mm-hmm. brotherhood with mm-hmm. people outside of themselves because they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. They feel like they missed something. Yep. And I was operating like that without knowing th- that that was a, a, an archetype. Right. Um, so that's kind of when it hit me was like, oh, I can – things – are returning, you know, the I'm getting return on my investment, not money wise at that point at all. Yeah. But people started saying yes to me and it was that my energy changed. And that's just been something that's been constant through my career so far, uh, for better or for worse is when I, when I say enough about something and I make a change, I just like break open and become alive. You know, I was in another abusive manager relationship at one point, And when that was over, I was just so fiery that it changed stuff. And then I started booking a bunch of things because it was yeah. just like I took more stock in myself. You Which know? is so important. And it's a trend that that I hear from most guests that are doing well on this podcast. And it's something that I've learned in my life is that you have to do what's right for you and what's mm-hmm. best for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are hard decisions to make. But you know that if you make the best decisions for you, then you'll be able to be the best you for everybody else as well. Definitely. And sometimes that stuff sounds cliche or someone told you that while you were feeling down before or something like that. But at some point that's going to hit you and those words will make sense in a different way. And it might take something really bad happening for you to catch that. Cause you know, I've heard plenty of times that I'm the CEO of my business and all that stuff. Right. And then when I realized that I actually was, though, and it's still something I have to, uh, you know, recommit to sometimes when I'm feeling, you know, there's just tons of ways to be made to feel small right. in this business. And uh, when I remember that I'm the, I'm, I'm the artist here, uh, then, then that, that helps me. And it's like I'm always trying to safeguard from, like, being an asshole. Like, I don't want to be uh, too Kanye or whatever, right? Right. But at the same time, then I have to realize, like, you know, Kanye's Kanye, and I'm not Kanye. I'm Brandon, and maybe that might look Kanye to some people because I'm being assertive. But oh well, like that's what I have to do. Because if you don't, if I don't fire you, you'll fire me. You know, like I've learned that. Like you, you, loyalty is 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 different here. It's like let's we're loyal to each other for while this is good, and then when this isn't good anymore, right. Who's breaking up with who first, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've had, you know, Monty Gear was a guest on the podcast and he talked about how they'll fire you. They'll fire you day one. They'll fire the table read. They'll fi- fi- yep. fire you after the one wrong statement. So yep. these relationships are not cemented and you have to look out for yourself. Yep. And, you know, you bring up Kanye and, you know, I, I think he's a complete wackadoodle, but, <laughs> but I respect him. Yeah. Because... He is who he is, and he is unapologetic about it. And the reason why he does so well is because he does him 100%. That's exactly right. And I love Kanye for that reason. So the reason why I use him as an example is he's like the concentrate of that of that uh, self-assuredness, right? right? And so I siphon some of that off for myself through his music and I realized yeah yeah like yeah I, I I'm you know I can do this too and right. like my vision is worth seeing through um and you know I don't again like the fears I'm gonna like you know be yelling at somebody where the fuck are my damn croissants or whatever right like he right. does but but you know if I just remember that he's the concentrate and I can pull from that's what I want to do and then I blend in my Jay-Z which is my business sense which is you know, that's the loyalty of like, this is good while this is good. And then when this isn't good, I got to make that move. Right. You and know? it's not about them. It's about you. Right. It's not anything personal to them. It's what you need to do for you. And I think that, you know, the Kanye thing is a very interesting. He's a very interesting man because all the people that dislike him and roll their eyes at him and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't dislike him. I roll my eyes at him. I think he's, you know, his behavior is crazy. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes I stop and think. Well, is it that I really don't like him or that I'm jealous that he is so 
self-assured and he is so confident and he is who he is. And maybe that's what bothers me right. because I'm not that way. And exactly. he is. And I think there's something to be said about realizing that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes these people that are so, so who they are, the reason why they're controversial is because they make people uncomfortable because they aren't that way. Yeah. He's and, got this line. Um, I'm a star. How could I not shine? Right. Right. So maybe what that... you would. I was taught drilled into my head. You never say stuff like that out loud. Exactly. Don't you ever say stuff like that loud. Exactly. But why not? It, if right. it's honest and you know you are, what's 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 the harm? Right. And our world is set for you to um, go get a banking job and and promote within that world and you know one day retire with your little bit of money that you made and live that way, right? But that's not the lives that we have embarked upon right so you can't really always listen to the shoulds of the world like like that's the should you shouldn't say that right but if you really i mean maybe that just sounds like a rapper rapping a line but like i'm a star how could i not shine so if you just, if everyone applied that to themselves then if we're all stars we're doing a disservice to 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 not shine right. and, and how could you not if you are a star you know yeah and and that doesn't need to be in the acting field. It can exactly. Be whatever it is. And, it could be in know, banking. Right. <laughs> I talk to students a lot, and I say one of the biggest responsibilities for you to do in your life is to be you because mm-hmm. you're a 100% unique individual, and there's something inside you that is so you that's different than anybody else, mm-hmm. and it's your sole responsibility is to get that out to show everybody. Mm-hmm. That star, whatever that is that's you, make that shine. It's supposed to. It's, yeah. It's why it's there. And... You know, I grew up in a very, like, Irish, Catholic kind of mentality family where you never toot your own horn. You don't be conceited. Everybody else first. And and it's a wonderful philosophy, but it leads for hot messes of human beings yeah. because they have no sense of who they are individually Absolutely. and and knowing that it's okay for them to really shine and let themselves roar. Mm-hmm. and. It took me a long time to kind of understand that it's okay for me to tell people or to advertise that I feel that I am something bigger than than what I'm supposed to say I am. Oh yeah, if I mean, so for those listening, uh, Monty Gear is a common friend of ours, uh, me and you, MJ, yes. uh, and I would not have known anything about what you have coming and what's going on in your life with the book and you know exciting things in the future, right? If it weren't for Monty, because you just don't, you don't really wear that. Right. Um, and that's great. But um, like you said, uh, that doesn't mean that you, you, as long as you know it and it's in here that you know that you are doing, I think people would shine more if they knew that they were walking in their own purpose. And I know that sounds super yoga meditation-y. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. If everyone was doing what they wanted, I think people would just like that that glow, that thing that makes you jealous of somebody else on TV. The right. reason why people look up to people on TV, like for instance, Beyonce. Beyonce, the pleasure in what she's doing is all in her whole body, her face, her fingertips, her, her everything is loving what she's doing and then you just watch that and you go ah like you kind of imagine yourself doing it right that's because you're imagining yourself living yeah so i'm about that you know and and, you know um carol burnett once said that the reason that you're called that that people in this business are called stars why are they called stars this is i think about this all the time i find it fascinating she said we're called stars because we're supposed to be something people look up to something they should reach toward something that helps them see the light in themselves. Yeah. Such a fascinating thing is we say stars, but we don't really think what that means. Right. It means that right. people that are really shining and it's for something for people to look toward, to do, to emulate. Right. And of course, you know, I'm certainly not saying that's me. Um, <laughs> listen, don't emulate a lot of the stuff I've done people like seriously. But I think it's this principle that we're talking about is that, being you and knowing it's okay to have talent, to have things in you that are special and letting them shine. Yeah. That don't shrink yourself. But anyway. really like don't, don't shrink yourself. I've, I mean, I, I say this again cause I just, this is something I, and that's the other thing is you, it's not like, you know, now I know this and it's over. You kind of have to remind yourself and relearn these lessons 
over and over and over again through, throughout your life. Um, and that only child syndrome is just alive and well in me at all times. So I have to remind myself, do not shrink myself for someone else. It would be better for their benefit and mine if I did the opposite. If I, if I was, you know, full, you right. know, cause then it's like, ah, oh, I want to, I want to feel like that. I want to be like that. You know, what, what is it that I want to do that would make me feel like that? Yeah. You know? And I'm going to translate this to something that most people can relate to mm. uh, a relationship or maybe a parent. Don't you want to be that person? Don't you want to shine for who you are around the, those people in your life, around your partners, around your kids so they can see that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just about the entertainment industry. It's right. about human beings. Right. My whole life, I knew in the back of my head, every night when I laid down to go to bed, I knew I was meant to do something bigger. And I knew, I always knew I would be something. And I pushed that down so hard hmm. and hit it. Would never want anybody to think that I thought that of myself. And I spent so much time hiding that, that my life collapsed all around me. Mm. Once my life collapsed all around me and I didn't even, ha I didn't have the energy to hide that anymore, then things started falling in line. So it's really amazing what you do, what, what happens. It's really amazing what happens when you start allowing yourself just to be. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible thing. Whatever so. that is. Like yeah. And. And I believe that those people, whether it's in the entertainment industry, in the business industry, the parents, the relationships, those are the people that get to where they want to be. Right. And those are the people that you look at and say, oh, man, I wish I could be that or I wish I had that. Right. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. So you're, you're, you know, working at these shitty jobs and I'm sure you weren't feeling that then. So, but then, no. you know, you had your breakups and you decided acting, you're going all in, mm -hmm. you're not going to um, let yourself be pushed into a smaller sphere. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so how'd that go? So I got with my first, uh, so I, I, I got my, with my first really good commercial agent and, um, I had had other agents, but they uh, in in San Diego and in Orange County, but it just was not. It, not it's the same. not the same. No. It just really is not. Uh, so this is my first LA good agent. And this was Liz Darling from the Special Artist Agency, and so I I um I go online. I'm looking them up, and they rep Tom Hardy and Will Smith and all these oh, people, wow. and I'm like, oh my god, like what am I doing here, right? Like imposter syndrome. I've the made roof. it, but then you're like. Oh my god! But I hope they don't like. I'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I mean, you rep Will Smith. Like, yeah. how do you also rep me? You know, imposter syndrome is the story of my life. Same. I have to remind myself all the time. Wait, people be like, oh, and you're this and you're that, and I'm like, oh no 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 no. It's like, oh wait, I do have a bestseller book. Oh wait, yeah. I am gonna have a feature. All right, okay. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And so I was going through that there, um, and they sent me out on my first real commercial auditions, and uh, I was. Um, I was having, you know, a good time auditioning and then I got dropped. <laughs> oh no. I got dropped because the agent that was repping me uh, specifically moved to Australia. <laughs> so it wasn't personal. So, wasn't personal, but the agency also didn't I mean the other agents rep the celebrities. So right. there was no room for me unless I was already pulling in money, which I was not. So I got dropped and then, you know, through, you know, trying to find another agent I finally got with another one um, and then the unions merged and yeah. so I got dropped again what yeah I got dropped again because oh, um, were you were after a... I was neither oh you were neither um, well oh no okay so so when I signed with the agency um, All right, well let's time out real quick just to let you know so back in the day yes you were either sag or AFTRA or both sag screen actors Guild AFTRA was I have no idea. Affiliation of film and television. Radio. Radio Alliance or something. <laughs> it was, anyway, it was two separate unions. I was never after it. I was SAG because to me, SAG was the big one. Mm -hmm. And I became SAG the first day I ever did acting. The first thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. But then they merged because it didn't really make sense to have two separate ones when it's all actors. So they merged together and people that were after it became SAG. People that were SAG became after it because it was gone. It was all one thing. It's called SAG after now. So when you see the SAG awards... People call them the SAG Awards, but they're really the SAG After Awards. Right. So what he was saying is when the unions merged, 
that's when you lost your representation. Yes. All right, keep going. Sorry. Yes, had to catch you guys up. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. Um, I think that was in like 2011. So, um, yeah, so the unions were, there was talk of the unions merging. I had just signed with this new agency, who I'm still with, um, but they dropped me when the unions merged because I was signed to the non-union department, and um, now I was technically grandfathered into SAG because when I heard about the unions merging... You joined AFTRA. I joined AFTRA. Okay, because AFTRA also was the cheaper, easier one to get in, and that's why I didn't want to be in AFTRA. I wanted to be in SAG because I wanted to do like the hard one and get the prestige. Mm -hmm. But yes, it was smart. It was so Mm -hmm. smart because people that were AFTRA automatically became SAG. Literally went to my parents with like uh, like a presentation as to why I needed them to split the initiation fees with me. And I was like, okay, so there's talk of these unions merging and you know this one you can buy into, but the other one you have to do all these things. And I've already been an extra and I'm not getting the vouchers that I need because side note, you can earn vouchers through being an extra on set for SAG, but there's politics involved because yes, there's only a number Basically, of- if you want to be a SAG member back then, you had to either get three union vouchers. So when you go and show up on set, you either get you're either non-union and you get a non-union voucher to get paid or you're union and you get a union voucher to get paid. But sometimes those union people don't show up. So they will pull someone from the non-union up to SAG. Right. Or they need someone who has a certain look to go and hand something to a principal person. So then they will give that non-union person a union voucher. So you need three, and then you could join SAG. Or you get, what happened to me, you get a speaking line. They give yes. you, you something upgraded. called an upgraded. You get a Taft-Hartley, and then you're instantly SAG. But that's the only way, and still to this day, the only way for you to become SAG. It's very hard. But before the merger... You could become AFTRA, which was you just paid, right? You just paid. Yeah, so you had to pay. And um, when SAG merged with AFTRA, then everybody was AFTRA became SAG. So it was a really sweet deal for people that knew that was coming. It was a sweet deal. So long story short, my parents did split it with me. We all paid. And then um, this is right when I signed with that agency. And then they dropped me because now I was a union actor and I was signed to the non-union side. So now I had been dropped twice in like two months. Um, That's harsh. Yeah, yes. Uh, you know, it was priming me for what happens every day in our world. You know, like you, you, the rejection is just Part quick. Of it. Yep. Yeah, it's just like that. Um, they ended up uh, reconsidering me for the union side. I won them over and joined the union side. So then I had an agent again, you know, like, wonderful. Like, and that's when things changed. You had an um, agent and you were SAG-AFTRA. Exactly. So now yeah. you are a professional, considered a professional actor with a, with real representation. Exactly. Real representation, a union to back me up. And, you know, that was definitely a gamble because people were like, you're joint, you haven't booked anything and you're joining a class of actors who all have. Yeah. Um, and so- they do tell you off the bat before, if you don't have major things, they'll people will say don't join the union don't. because you're now competing with bigger fish in Will the Smith. humongous pond. Yeah, where when you're non-union, there's a lot to be had, but you can never get to where you want to go as an actor until you join that union. Absolutely. So I say just bite the bullet and do it. And that's exactly what I did. And it was another one of those times when it's like you know everyone's telling me no, don't do it because you don't this, you don't that, but. I'm a star. How could I not shine? Right. Right. So I did it. And you've seen me in a number of commercials since then. Yeah. Well, so obviously we talked a lot about the downside of what happened, but you know, you're not doing too bad for yourself right now. (laughs) So how did you make, what was the transition like for you from going to, I don't know if I can do this because it's, it's rejection every day to, Oh, Hey, I'm on a TV show. Yeah. Um, the change was, and I know that this is something people will tell you to not do, and definitely don't do this until you feel within yourself that you can, but I quit my restaurant job. Mm-hmm. And when I quit that job... Sink or swim, baby. Sink or swim, and it just it it just lights this next level thing under you. <laughs> homelessness. It's called homelessness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what lights underneath it's like, you, like the oh, reality. I need, I need a roof. Oh, okay. And I only can get that from acting now. Oh, okay. You know, so don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was just pulling in tips and I just quit. At that point, there was a couple commercials that had come on. Right. And I had... You were getting some traction. I had some traction and I was just looking for a sign 
for when I should pull out of this restaurant because I was miserable. And I got to this point where it was like, you know, as a server, your job is to please the guests. Right. Customers always right. And, you know, you just do a lot of apologizing. Even your posture is very, oh, oh, can I, you know? And it was just like, I was really realizing that that literal posture and me apologizing all the time uh, was hindering me as an actor, as an artist. Because as an artist, you need to be the direct opposite. You right. know, you are... You need to be full. You need to be full and... and and it's not the customer's always right. It's, oh, if you don't like what I'm doing, then perhaps you should hire a different actor because this is how I would do this. Right. And not in a cocky way, but just here's what I have. Yep. Um, and this is my life. This yeah, is my truth. Exactly. And so that was in my ear big time. And I so I quit that job and sink or swim life. And things changed. I, I booked some more stuff and... Uh, money definitely dwindled it it's it i mean it's still hard to it's still the fear of like am i gonna have to go back to that you know right but but i think some of that is what you need to push push it's always you're always reaching a new level of commitment I've, i've i don't think i've yet gotten to a point where i'm like okay this is what it means I'm continually being like, oh, okay, this is what it means. Right. Oh, okay, I have to be that selfish. Oh, okay, I have to be that broke. Oh, okay, I have to have (laughs) that much money in my account and not spend it because I don't know when I'm going to get more. Right. You know, it's it's this constant um, understanding of a new level of, ooh, okay. And so what you have to do is surround yourself with other people who are like that 100% 100% who understand it and who understand that and I have luckily a number of people like that in my life um, who get it you know like let's hang out means let's go sit in one of our apartments and right. watch Netflix and that's about it you know like it doesn't mean we're in the clubs and stuff like that no. because no one even if we have the money we don't know when we're having money again right and I think the culmination of quitting the job and and making more friends who were like-minded and being happy to cut people out who were not. That's the other thing. You know, learn about your codependence if that's something that you deal with. And I identified those things in me a bit more like, oh, okay, I dull myself down when I when I feel like I don't want to make anyone else upset with my shine. Right. You know, like I'm winning right now and now someone else is unhappy about it. So now I try to be like, oh, it's just a commercial or it's just a small part. No, I need to be like, yeah, I booked another commercial. I got (laughs) a part in a TV show. I got another one coming out. You know, I'm a star. How could I not shine? And something that is very important for people to realize that the people that really love you and the people that really are your friends they want you to be that way. They want to see you shine. Exactly. And if you are having good things in your life and certain people in your life are trying to discredit them or um, dull them or maybe spin them even off that they're not as good as they actually are, get rid of them. <laughs> Quick. Get rid of them. I don't care. I know this sounds awful. I don't care if it's your sister, brother, mother, whatever. Don't cut them out. But... Step away and realize that being, they're putting stuff onto you that is hurting your life. Mm -hmm. And it happens more times than you realize. And they may not even realize it. Oh, yeah. But it's their thing, not yours. And you just need to step away. And you can love them. And you can be there for them. And you can support them. But you don't have to have them affecting your everyday life. Yeah. And it's like, that's part of why I think uh, peop- that that adds to the idea that LA can be a lonely place or like you know like it's lonely at the top because even before you get to the top to get to the top you're you're trimming fat you right. know yeah. you're, you're trimming fat the whole time and hopefully you're gaining some other people in your life at the same time but you know there's plenty of times when it's just like wow even you too and it can be that they're not even actively mad at you for your for your shine and your joy but even if they even if it's just within them that's still enough right because you know not to be preachy but the law of attraction is something that i think about yeah and so even if you 
aren't like, oh, it's just whatever, dude. This is a commercial. Calm down. You're not a big, you know, whatever. Right. Even, even if it's not outward at you, if they're still, if they're sad about them because of you, that's still a problem. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was talking about. It, you know, it doesn't, it's not you, it's them. Mm -hmm. But I would like to just put a disclaimer here that I, I said the statement about it could be your mother or your sister or whatever. I love my family. <laughs> it's family. I'm not directing this at you because no. I know them and they're going to think, right. oh, man, what am I doing? <laughs> no, I was just using this example. My family is great. Okay, anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah, you just mean it can be it can be anyone close to you. Right. It's and still something you have to identify. Because people think, well, certain people in their life – just get a free pass because they're who they are in their life. Right. And, and you know, it can be your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, it your can. husband, your wife. And no, you, it, they don't get a free pass yeah. because this is you. Yeah. And you can love them and they could be part of your life, but you don't need to put yourself in a situation where they're taking, taking, taking from you. Right. And this is something you see in every form of life that you walk down. You mm -hmm. see it in every culture, in every class, in every profession, people having others around them who are their, you know, frenemies mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. or their family who love them but want to change them to bring them down to a place where they can feel more comfortable with them. Right. And that's not okay. Right. And you know, they're for as much as that those people exist, there are plenty of people who my, my best friend cries ev happy tears every time I book something. Like right. he's j literally is ecstatic for me. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that that exists. Or you know, Monty Gear, uh, uh, you know, another one of my good friends who he, he like I'll start talking to other friends that we have in common. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like Monty says you're killing it, you know, like, yeah. so, and I haven't said anything, you well, know, well, we, but when he got here today, we were talking about Monty and how we love him because he genuinely wants the best for everybody. Mm -hmm. And he he's not in competition with any of us. Mm -hmm. He's doing his own thing. And when we do well, he's genuinely happy. Right. And that's why he's such a great guy and we know he'll do well. Right. But it's also why we want him in our lives. Exactly. And there so there are and there are people, more people than you think. Yes. You know, also, just because people aren't jumping up and down in front of you and you get something doesn't mean they're not. It right. just made it you know, I have um the most amazing, wonderful I mean, I could go on forever and if you've read my book, you know I have the most amazing spouse in the whole world. He's not a jump up and downer. Right. I could get something amazing and he'll be like, all right. And you just, and like, that's okay. that. Yeah. And I know now I don't need him to jump up and down to validate me. Right. He is my biggest fan and my biggest supporter. Number one. So don't also want to see these big reactions out of people. And they think if they don't get it, that they're not really supportive. That's not true either. We're talking about know the, know what's real and, and what's not. And, yeah. and that's very real. Uh, my, my grandma is one of those people. Um, Partly because she, so she's got uh, lung disease, um, so she's not going to jump up and right. down and scream. Yes. You know, she's just she's just not going to. She can't. Um, don't smoke cigarettes, guys. Really. I, I second that. Both grandmothers gone yeah. because of cigarettes. Yeah. No smoking. That's uh, going to be one of my crusades as uh, a public person. Anyway, you, <laughs> um, we can go down a road, but yeah. that would change the whole podcast because yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happens to you in right. graphic detail. Right. Don't smoke. <laughs> Same. Um, but let's just say she doesn't have the, the lung capacity to, to freak out like that. But, and, and, and even more than that, so she just wants me to be happy. Right. So it's not a jump up and down thing. It's, oh, good. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're getting what you want. Yeah. Um, I had to learn that lesson. That was another thing of realizing, oh, you, you don't have to freak out and cry like my best friend Zach does. You can also just be like, yeah. Right. Get some. That's awesome. You know, because yeah. she uh, I really wanted her to watch the show that I was in on Netflix. Dear white people, check it out. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she, I, you know, it's when it comes out, it's out at midnight. Right. And then all right. the episodes are out and then it's you stream all the episodes and it's like 20 to 30 minutes per episode. So there's only 10 of them. So you can watch it in a whole night. You know, and I had just had the best night of my life partying with my castmates and my best friend Zach was also there who flew in from Australia Amazing. to come with me. Um, 
And it was like, you know, my first premiere on a red carpet where I was the person and not the guest, right. you know. And it was just a big deal. And then we streamed all the episodes and cried because the subject matter was deep. And, you know, here I am in this. And it was this big thing. And I called my family the next day like, did you see it? And they hadn't watched it. Right. And then I called them the next day. Did you see it? Haven't seen it yet. And it was just like <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I had to really. I even texted a couple of my castmates, like, "Yo, like, is it weird to you that you're like, has your family like binged the show yet?" And some of them were like, "Nah, like, like they're more excited about a commercial that I book. It has nothing just because they know, th like, for them, they know the brand. You know, I, right. I did this Gillette commercial, and they 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 know Gillette, so they're excited about that. Right. You know." And that's I'm excited about Gillette too, but I'm more excited about Gillette for different reasons than why I'm excited about right. dear white people. Of course, and I had to really realize, okay, I I am happy for me, and I know that they're happy that I'm happy, right? Genuinely, and that's all that needs to happen. I would bet that most of my family and friends probably don't listen to the podcast. Mm. Um, a lot of them probably don't even know what a podcast is, right, <laughs> to be right. honest. And, you know, there's just, it's not that they don't care, but I think sometimes it's also a little weird Yeah, for yeah. them to watch. When, when people watch you or they hear you and it's like, it's a little weird for them because they know you in such a different way. Yeah. So I, I have learned to not, to not get upset about those things, but it, it's funny because like we were saying before, when people have the negative reactions and we have certain feelings and opinions, when people don't have the reactions that you want them to have, you have a tendency to like have certain thoughts and opinions, but totally. that doesn't mean they don't care. Right. People love differently. And I had to learn that too. Is like, I, cause it would always be like, well, MJ, I would do this for you. Right. But it's like, you can love me the same amount and just reciprocate differently. It doesn't mean that you don't love me. It just means that you, you do things this way, I do things this way, and it's not a discrepancy per se. Right. You know? you know, and this goes with a lot of things in life. And, you know, I think when it comes to relationships, this is something that people struggle with because they want to see their partner do these grand gestures all the time because, you know, that's what they see in romantic comedies because yep. that's so real. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not what showing love is. I mean, what showing love is is, you know, knowing that your partner has a big day coming so you get up 20 minutes early make them breakfast and have their shirt ironed yeah that's love yeah. you know that's showing you know it's those are the kind of things that really matter and really show that someone else is is there for you it's it's not the sending flowers every day or or in these grand gestures and I think people forget that. Yeah, because you see that in movies and TV, which right. I hope to, you know, Play further no. push <laughs> that agenda. Yeah. Well, I always say, and I believe this fully, porn should be rated R because <laughs> it could happen. I mean, it could happen. It could. But a romantic comedy should be rated X because no <laughs> guy is ever going to run down a tarmac to stop a plane because he'll be shot by TSA. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so I love that. You know, like really we need to kind of reimagine what the romantic comedy is because it really does damage to people. They people want this over the top thing that is never going to happen. That's so <laughs> funny. I love that. That's so true. There should be a disclaimer on there. Yes, yes, is you know, you you cannot push through <laughs> at the airport, you will be tasered, right. you know? So and right. that doesn't mean that someone doesn't love you if they don't do that. Right. Anyway, getting off topic. <laughs> All right. So you have come far and currently you are on a show that got a 100% rating from Rotten Tomatoes, which is, I mean, unheard of. And it's also a show that causes controversy and makes people uncomfortable as soon as they hear the title. Yes. So tell us about that show. Uh, the show is, as my castmate Logan would say, dear white people. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, the show is, yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, as soon as we put out just the date announcement for when the show would come out, not even the trailer yet, just the date announcement, people were pissed. 
hashtag boycott Netflix, blah, blah, blah. Like, just, you know, what if it was called Dear Black People? Right. And they don't even know what the premise of it is. Right. It was just the title. Right. People flipped out. Which is so funny because it's like, there's a whole movie from the same people already out. So you could watch the movie and decide if you still felt that way or not. But people just saw the title and right. lost it. I loved it. <laughs> I, I did too. I, I loved that it was provocative. Mm -hmm. But I also love, I really love the fact that it triggered something in people. Mm -hmm. Because when they did watch the show and realize what it was, maybe it would make them stop and think why they got so angry about it. <laughs> right. And also, when you say, what if it was called Dear Black People? That's literally in that statement is right. in the show. Yeah. So it's like, you know, one of the best ways to um, win a fight is to take their argument away. Yeah. And to verbatim use their shit. So uh, there you go right there. And also, you know, there's white characters in the show that voice their concerns about the podcast in general like you know you're race baiting you're this you're that and she's biracial so she has to you know deal with a lot of conflictions on her own and i i just think the show perfectly uh addressed race relations in general but also um you know, just like Blackish, the title, that title pissed me off until I saw the show. Right. Or Fresh Off the Boat, you know? Those shows actually bother me in a way because, well, first of all, I think Blackish is hilarious. But it bothers me because I, I feel like it was this, okay, we have a white show, and then we have an Asian show, and then we have a black show. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. That, that to me, I feel like is going backward. But Dear White People is a story about a group of minorities on a predominantly white uh, Ivy League college campus. Yes. And this is reality. Mm -hmm. When you are... Okay, people don't consider gay people a minority, mm -hmm. but I am. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, last week I had to go, my partner was taken in an ambulance to a hospital, and I had to walk into that hospital, and it was packed. And I had to go up to the person at the desk and tell them I was there to see my husband mm. because that was the only way I'd get in the back. And I panicked. Mm. That's the reality wow. of being a minority is yeah. when you're in a room where you know that there could be people that hate you just because you live. Yep. It's scary. Yeah. So, and people know that you're black from looking at you. They right. might not know you're they gay know. from looking at you. Right. Um, so imagine being black and gay like Lionel in oh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lionel is a is a great He's character. the bottom of the tier. He's like the, the very bottom of the total ball. Poor guy. <laughs> right. Like, my goodness. You know, um, and, uh, you know, our the writer's room is, is uh, you know, there's black and gay people in there and white yeah. people. And, you know, like there's, there's, there's everything. I think uh, I'm excited for the next season. I'll, I'll say that. There's a lot to there's a lot to get to in the show. Yeah, it, it's it's a very it's a very good show that really makes you think, and it also just makes it. For me, I kind of thought this is just so silly. Guess what? I'm white. Mm -hmm. You're black. Mm -hmm. Spoiler, guys. Right, he's black. Um, did that did that offend you that I called you black? No, no, because you're black, right? I am. I'm white, right? Yeah, you did, are. Am I offended if you call me white? I hope not. No, because I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so silly to be so. But, you know, unfortunately, we just watch the climate of the country. And yeah, like and it's Brazil, just a real thing. In Brazil, we're both, we would just both be called Brazilians because right. there's black and white and whatever else Brazilians. Yeah. But here, you know, you're a white American. I'm a black, I'm, I'm an African American. And see, I don't even like saying African American because. What if you're from the Caribbean or That's you're just a fantastic point, you know, and I just say black because, well, if you're going to call me white, you don't call me Caucasian. Mm -hmm. People say he's white. Okay. Well, then you're black. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes get told by people like, oh, you better be careful. You better be careful. And I say, well, you know what? If they don't like it, they'll tell me mm -hmm. and I'll say, I'm sorry. What would, what would you like me to say? Yeah. But for, for all purposes, I'm white. You're black. But who cares? <laughs> yeah, know, like, I, I so wish that there could be more than that that people pay attention to. Which, again, I think the show does a great job of showing you. It does. Uh, there are different kinds of black people, and yeah. we don't all agree. 
and we don't all look alike, and right. we don't all eat the same things. We don't all, you know what I mean? Like and the same with white people or exactly. Asian people, and everybody. Humans are different. We're all different, but you know, we come from different places. Take away our skin, and we have the same skeletal system mm-hmm. and the same circulatory system. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always just think about how silly it all is, because if you take off that top layer, we're literally all exactly the same thing. Right. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And then people say. You know, well, yeah, I don't understand. Then I, I say to them, well, go into a waiting room yeah. and then have to explain that you're there for your husband. And yeah, yeah I kind of got understand. It's not the same thing, but I understand. Yeah, and and I, you know, it's nice that you can say that because there was a time where if you said I'm this I'm this man's partner, they'd be like, oh, wait in the waiting room. You know, right. like yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I had to say husband, but that's also to. that's also why I use this as an example because if I said partner then I don't have the legal right to see him. Mm-hmm. So I have to say husband, which then implicates I'm a gay man in a marriage, which causes many people to be uncomfortable, causes many people to discriminate and hate. And frankly, I still get uncomfortable. Yeah. I get uncomfortable with it because I'm afraid of backlash. And you're married. you know. And I'm married yeah. to the most amazing human being, and we have the best relationship, better than 99% of the other, my straight counterparts relationships. <laughs> Ours is amazing. Yeah. But I have to worry about that. And be, and it sucks because it's just the reality of my life and it's who I am. And, you know, people who have to worry about getting pulled over because, yes, you know, of their of the color of their skin yes, is crazy. It's crazy. crazy. And, I mean, as an actor in L.A., you know, you hear all the time people saying, like, there's not enough. Um, roles for people of color. You know, how do you think that that has affected? Do you think that affects you? Do you think that that's real? Yeah, I do think that that is real. Um, I know that that's real. Um, but I will say that shows like Atlanta, yeah, Insecure, um, Dear White People, um, they because the the problem was there would be one black guy in the show, right? Or one black girl. And if it's the black girl, she's got to be loud and sassy. And, you know, like, she's the high point and then we cut and go, you know what I mean? Right. Um, or, or that like Nene leaks kind of yes, which no shade Nene leaks, please Nene, don't right. don't don't come for me, please. Oh no, I love I love oh my God, I love her, yeah. but 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 there's more than just a Nene leaks, and also Nene leaks has different levels. That's what I'm saying is like even Nene leaks can do that, but she can all she's a businesswoman, right? You know, and and it's like the gay guy. There's more than Jack from Will and Grace. Exactly. We're not all... There's also Will. Right. That's why I thought that show was, was great. great. It you showed know? yeah. It's just it's an interesting thing. In, in LA and how they try to typecast everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting to see what's going on right now in the country and in, in LA because I think people are really starting to wake up and at least hear what people are saying. Mm-hmm. And it shows like dear white people that do that. Yeah. And and that's why people have to keep pushing the boundaries. They have to make people think and yeah. they have to make people mad and and yeah. really try to understand their anger yeah. so they can fix and heal. I, I'm, I'm glad to be on a show that maybe opens people up to that. You know, Reggie, the character in the show is, is you know, he's a cool dude, but he's a nerd. Like he, you know, he's he's like, he made an app, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like he, like that's what he's working on in school is, right. is, is technology, you know? And he had a gun pulled on him. Right. So it's just, I'm, I'm glad to see that that show is good at being funny and devastating at the same time because I think that's the shit sandwich. That's how you laugh, tell some brutal truth, and then maybe laugh somewhere in the end there. Right. Of course, in that episode, we don't even end on a laugh. We end on just you know Barry Jenkins directed that episode, um, and you know that's a that's a deep that's a deep dude, uh, and it you know it just ends on Reggie, uh, uh, you know, basically having PTSD after having a gun pulled on him. But, you know, the show itself overall is really good at we're going to laugh and we're going to also talk about some stuff Real at the things. same time. And I want more stuff like that, you know. Which is what made TV a revolutionary medium. Mm-hmm. I mean, TV, if you look back through the decades, is the medium that pushes the boundaries of social change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the TV show Maud. Mm-hmm. Um she contemplated having an abortion in the 70s. You didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until one day at a time in the 80s where she says, I ha- I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. But these things 
that are pushed makes it easier. Will and grace, a gay person can define their life from pre-will and grace and post-will and grace. And it's the truth. So this is what makes TV, to me... There's also queer as folk and, yeah, and, you know, like... For sure, for sure. Visibility. Visibility and like, getting I'm people like to understand other people's perspectives so mm-hmm. much more, which is, you know, the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dear White People is really... It's a really great show. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest highly suggest people to watch it because yes. it, it is a show that you will think about and you will talk about. Yes, please check it out. And you are moving into the next season, right? Yeah, we start... Well, they just started and I'll be with them next week shooting Excellent. season two. Volume two, we're calling it. Volume two. All right, yes. so you can see Brandon on Dear White People, yes. and uh, how how do people follow along in your adventures? Uh, so you can find you? you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Brandon underscore F underscore Black, and uh, my Ratchet channel is Snapchat. That is Brandon F Black all together. Um, Dear White People, check that out. Um, also. Um, while you're watching Dear White People, maybe have your kids watch Casey Undercover on the Disney Channel. I have, um, I'm working with Zendaya on that show. Amazing. Uh, and then there's also some new secret stuff that I can't tell you about All yet. Right. But, uh, you know, follow me on those the socials and I'll be letting you know about it as soon as I'm able to. Yeah, when I when I hear and I'm allowed, I will, I will update uh, listeners so you know. What's going out, Brandon? So something good and juicy. Oh, good. Well, we're glad to hear that. So before you go, I have a couple questions that I ask everybody. Sure. So um, first question is: Think about a time in your life that was really tough, or that you failed, or something you know was not a good part of your life. Okay. And then, how do you think about that time now? It's that abusive manager relationship I mentioned earlier. Right. That was the most incredible uh, learning experience for me. Um, at the time, I was crushed and really angry really angry not sad angry because i've just done so much work to get somewhere and just to still feel to made i see i can't even i still can't even talk about it yeah um so at that time that's how i felt now when i look at it I say, like I said, that was an incredible learning experience and I was so much better for it. I'm with a way better, way more capable manager. (laughs) (laughs) He really, yeah, really enunciated those words there. Yeah, yeah, uh, competent manager, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's now it's in a healthy place where I say, okay, you know what? Every credit I get after this will be revenge for how you guys did me. Yeah. So please keep refreshing my IMDb page because it will be changing. I'm a star. How could right. I not shine? Good. Well, I mean, that is <laughs> that is the that is the exact kind of story I look for when I ask that question. Because it's, it's good. It's perfect. Perfect answer. All right. Second question. Um, what what would your perfect day be? Exploring a city, hanging out on the beach, hiking a mountain, or building a snowman? Oh man. Um, Exploring a city would be awesome. Um, I'm not very well traveled. Okay. And I went to Brooklyn. Well, I went to New York for the first time. Um, and uh, getting to by myself. I need to be by myself. I don't need to. Be, I, I want to be by myself. Um, that's that only child thing. Uh, but yeah, just walking around and just seeing how things are there. You know, seeing why people. Maybe I like to imagine that I live there. Right. So I don't even necessarily want to be in the touristy areas. I want to go to them so I can kind of get the like historical yeah, context. Of course. But I really like want to just like walk down a street someone actually would live on that would be like me. And I just like to imagine I live there and just try the city on. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've traveled all throughout Europe um, in my 20s and I did it a lot of times alone. Um, but even when I went with other people. I loved doing the tourist stuff and it was fun and I would see it so I can get the, you know, the flavor of the city. But then I wanted to find the off the beaten path, you know, little pubs in, in Ireland. Like I love to find the little pubs in the middle of town, you know, the, the villages that have like five people. Like, right. You know what I mean? That was like where you got to see like the real, the real people yeah. and the real culture and you really got to appreciate it. So I, I definitely get that. Yeah. If I cheated and gave a second answer, I would say the next would be to hike a mountain just because earth uh, resets my whole, you know, all the stuff we worry about as people in the business or whatever, being a banker or whatever, 
when you're just in the world, like just in nature, it's just yeah. such a calming. This is actually I'm just an animal. You know, this is what I'm actually doing. It's just like being alive is all I need to actually do. Okay, and the most important question of all. Okay. What's your favorite theme song? Of a television show? Yep. Um, dang. Uh, ooh, okay. So, <laughs> I, ah, there's so many good ones. I'm torn right. I, I, I guess it's going to have to be uh, True Blood. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I never expected to hear someone say that one, but... You're right. I want to do bad things to you. So good. <laughs> Although I loved the theme song, but the 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 images that they showed, I couldn't watch it. Oh, I love it. I couldn't. It was I'm born too, on Halloween. I love. Oh, see, all that. it was like a little too much, and the the, the things decaying and the <laughs> Venus flytrap eating the fly. It was a little much for me, but I do love that song. Right, so good, and. I, I just saw on like my Facebook, like, you know, how you can check on this day two years ago or whatever. It, I, I had posted a long time ago that um, I'm not more myself than when I'm listening to the theme song of <laughs> True Blood. I love you. I mean, we are we are kindred spirits here because that is so me. It, it's really, a really great one. All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you. Thank Likewise. you so much for coming. Thank you. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTFthepodcast, or you can donate via Venmo at LLTFthepodcast. came in the air went out and every shadow filled up with doubt I don't know who you think you are but before the night is through I want to do bad things with you I'm the kind to Sit up in his room Heart sick and eyes filled up with blue I don't know what you've done to me But I know this much is true I want to do bad things with you